0: career pod brought to you by transition solutions your host for today's episode is our founder and ceo mr fred studley in this episode fred talks with ms holly cheney a real estate broker from florida she talks about her early career and the training and licenses that were required just to get started in the field she talks about getting a broker's license and the types of real estate transactions that allow someone to participate They discuss how to get established early in one's career. You have to be fairly patient and persistent as you establish a reputation in a marketplace and learn the ins and outs of advertising, staging, and the various administrative processes that are required to culminate a real estate transaction. They also touch upon the role technology has played in the evolution of the profession with a particular conversation around Realtor.com and Zillow. And finally, they touch upon the fact that the realtor often is involved in coaching and counseling customers as they plan on and ultimately make one of the largest financial commitments of their lives. It's a very interesting deep dive into the role of a real estate professional, and we think you'll enjoy this episode.
1: So, Holly Cheney, uh, welcome to CareerPod.
2: Thank you. It's my pleasure to be here.
1: All right. Well, Holly, uh, why don't we start with... uh, Why did you get into real estate? Uh, How did that evolve and uh, what did it take?
2: Well, I originally got my first license back in Massachusetts in 1987 and I've always loved homes. I've liked um, going into homes, decorating and just the, the valuation of property. I didn't really do too much in Massachusetts and moved to Florida in 1998. Got my real estate license here and that's what I've been doing ever since. Uh, Love it. I love the weather. Um, It's a lot easier to do it in Florida because you don't have to deal with the cold weather like you do in Massachusetts.
1: Right. So Location is very important. Now you work in a in a county that tends to have uh, higher-priced properties. Is that correct?
2: That's correct. Okay. Also, uh, the town that I primarily do my business in also has higher-priced properties.
1: Okay. And when you uh, went into the field, uh, and we solicited a fair amount of advice here, What advice would you give a person before they enter real estate? What do you think the prerequisites are in terms of skills and experience for a person to start a a job in real estate?
2: Well, most importantly, be prepared to have at least six months income because you won't be making anything until at least six months to maybe a year because it takes a while. It's a lot of hard work. People think all you do is go out and show pretty houses and then you collect a big paycheck. And that's definitely not the case.
1: Yeah. yeah. And I guess it, at the end of the day, it is selling fundamentally, which has a lot of rejection, a lot of paperwork, a lot of time management pressure on you. Uh, and, and I guess that's part of the things people don't focus on.
2: That's true. And, um, you have to be able to deal with all sorts of personalities because most of them are not very nice. Unfortunately, with, uh, the onset of Zillow and realtor.com and all of the other online things, they think they know more than you do. And why should they pay paying you a big paycheck? Which okay. once, once you show the houses, that's, that's just the beginning. So you get a contract, and then you have to uh, be at the inspection, the appraisal, um, the mortgage, if there is one. I mean, the, the work just begins.
1: Right, and it's one of those occupational groups, Is you're suggesting, that everybody becomes an expert. They watch HDTV. They exactly. go on Zillow, they get data, they get advice from everybody, family and friends mm-hmm. in terms of how to do it. And then you show up and uh, mm-hmm. you probably have to uh, de-learn them from some of their false expectations of the process. So,
2: Well, you do. And um, because everyone, you're, you're right, everyone's seen the TV shows, everyone knows exactly what you're supposed to be doing and it's not true it's definitely not true
1: how about the role of uh, mentors uh in some ways uh real estate uh professionals are like apprentices. you know as you learn things you have formal credentials and licensing but a lot of what you learn uh, from people that are more experienced Did, did you benefit from some good mentors
2: no, unfortunately, I never had a mentor, um, but right now I am mentoring a young man okay. who I'm trying to teach him how to, you know, get everything done, how to do the paperwork, how to do open houses, uh, show property, et cetera.
1: Okay. Yeah, that, that can be very satisfying for people to, mm-hmm. you know, pass that on. Uh, mm-hmm. how, how about time management? Uh, you know, you, a couple of times you've alluded to all that you do. Like you said, having discipline must be very important. Uh, you
2: have to because, um, like, my day starts very early as a rule. And then uh, I will continue going. And, like, I just left an inspection, for example, that's been going on all day. And then I will be finishing up with the paperwork and everything else tonight. So it, it continues. Um, but yeah. again, there are days that you don't have much going on.
1: So, yeah, I guess that's the plus you have some control over your, uh, you know, hours of work. Having said that, if you're in a, a good Uh, selling season and you've got a lot of activity, uh, you can't afford to take that day off because that's dollars.
2: And then right now, um, because obviously Florida has good weather and Wellington as my primary location is the equestrian capital, this is when all the horse people come in. So I don't get a day off. I work seven days a week during the winter season.
1: Yeah, especially uh with people working uh mm-hmm. you know, evenings are the time you show properties and weekends are the time you show properties. So
2: Oh, Saturday and Sunday, forget. I'm always okay. showing property. Never get those days off.
1: So, now how about inside information for those of us that might be buyers or other people interested in real estate? Uh what what is a person what should they look for when they uh are considering hiring a realtor? What, what statistics or what behaviors do you think are important for the, the, the consumer to look for?
2: Well, I think personality is most important to see how your personalities mesh because you will be spending a lot of time with that person. And if you can't get along or you find that that person um, is pushing you the wrong way, then that's not the right person for you.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and part of that must be good listening skills because, mm-hmm. you know, either as a couple buying a house or a, a person, uh, sometimes they're not consistent in what they say they're looking for. And
2: Definitely, uh, definitely. Uh, but just, you also have, have to realize that a uh, percentage of your job is as a counselor. You become a therapist.
1: For them Yeah, do you have an example not naming names of where you became mm-hmm. that counselor?
2: Oh god. It seems like with every one of them I end up becoming the marriage counselor, the family counselor, um have to deal with well, my husband is, is giving me these problems. He doesn't want to do this, but right. I do. Um You know, it's it never ends with that. Okay. I think every every case, um, there is some some sort of almost every case, there is some sort of a therapy that you have to deal with.
1: Now, how about technology? Uh, how has emerging technology kind of impacted the role of a realtor?
2: Well, every when I started way back when. There was no computer. There was no GPS. So when I would go show property, you had to have your map books handy, because I'm sure you remember the old map books. Sure. And you had to have the real estate books, which were the size of the old yellow pages. So, and you would get one of those once a week, and that's when you would get the houses that were on the market. Now, everything is online, so that has it helped the uh, real estate market tremendously. Because then you can look; everything is instantaneous. But it's also given us, on the on the flip side, it gives the consumer the ability to look and. Do their own little research, which you don't necessarily want them to do it, okay. because that's when they they tell you exactly what uh, what you should be doing, and you know that's not what you should be doing.
1: Right, and and you mentioned Zillow before and some other sites. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's mm-hmm. a push and a pull. Obviously, it's easier to get a a, a consumer kind of motivated to seek you out because Mm -hmm. they can look Mm at uh many properties and that can save you time Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. why don't you talk a little bit about the impact of zillow
2: well zillow historically zillow is not very accurate zillow is designed to sell leads to the realtors so that you as a realtor you will buy certain areas from zillow and so whoever clicks on those homes, you get that lead so you can follow up with them. But I know you could probably do your own Zillow, you know, your estimate for your house and it's going to be way off because Zillow, Zillow is going by square footage. Zillow has no idea what's inside your home. It has no idea what upgrades you've made. Um, if it's still the original model or if you have marble floors or whatever, it's just going by square footage. So when someone goes and they say, oh, well, Zillow says I should sell for such and such, that's not always accurate.
1: You mentioned another source. Was it uh, realestate.com?
2: Yeah, realtor.com. Realtor.com is accurate. Realtor.com is a direct feed from our MLS system, so when we input something into the MLS, it goes to Realtor.com. So Realtor.com is a good resource for consumers, but they don't all—not all consumers use it. They'll go to Trulia or Zillow or you know Hub Hubbub, or there are all kinds of different ones that are out there now. Okay. And then, of course, each real estate firm has their own website
1: as well. Okay. And then I guess the other technology is that object you can't be without, and that's your smartphone. Uh, uh, Your life would be totally different without getting calls, getting emails, sending emails, looking up data. Uh, Clearly that's a, a big game changer in real estate as many other jobs.
2: It definitely is, because um, just like I, I mentioned, I just came from an inspection. I was checking emails, and I was forwarding documents and looking up things. And that home was completely empty, did not have Internet. But, thank God, I could go on to my phone and pull up everything. I didn't have a yeah. laptop.
1: Mm-hmm. Should should a house always get inspected? What's your I recommendation? Would.
2: Yes, my feeling is even if it's new construction, I would still do a home inspection because I have an example of a brand new, newly constructed home had problems. It had wood rot and you wouldn't think a newly constructed home would have any problems, but they do because you don't know, you know, you don't know from when it's constructed to when it's purchased. How much time has lapsed?
1: And you will have an occasional hurricane down in Florida that can cause some damage too.
2: Oh, so. we do, and yes. then um, that also affects. If when we have a hurricane, that affects our real estate market because okay. what you see up north looks like Florida blew from the country and fell into the ocean. When in reality, we are still standing. No one believes it. It's, it hurt us in 2005 because we had two big hurricanes in 2004. Then we followed up in 2005 with Wilma. Yep. And that just before the mortgage um, crash, our real estate market just went tanked completely. And okay. then when we had the hurricane a year ago, well, two years ago, we had a problem because that also hurt the real estate market.
1: <laughs> so that kind of supports your earlier point that it is a cyclical market. So not only mm-hmm. when you start up, should you have that uh, expectation for six months, even as long as 12 months, you won't get income. Mm-hmm. But throughout your career, you're going to have peaks and you're going to have real valleys. So you need to be conservative in your financial planning, I guess.
2: You do, and starting out, uh, most people, when you start out, you don't want to advertise too much. But then, if you don't advertise, no one knows who you are. So, you need to get with a firm or get with a, a realtor who's been around for a while and, you know, go on to their coattails, either the, either the brokerage or that other realtor, so okay. that you can learn training and the training is very important for a new realtor because you can anyone can get a real estate license but the real estate school does not teach you how to show property sell property even doesn't even tell you how to fill out a contract all of that comes later
1: well how about the uh the new person uh that just has and i guess the there's a licensing, but you can start selling real estate before you get a license, is that correct or
2: No. No, you have to be licensed.
1: You get a license. You... Do you have to take a test to have a license?
2: Yes, you have to go through the schooling. You take okay. a test at the end to graduate from the school, and then you have to sit for a state exam of the state laws and the real estate laws. All right. Then once you pass that, you have to place your license with a brokerage so that um, then you're under the umbrella of that brokerage. And that brokerage is really responsible for you because that's where your E&O insurance comes in uh, for errors and omissions. And they are supposed to be overseeing what you do out in the world.
1: Okay. And how about the advice uh, in terms of going to a large brokerage firm or going to a sole practitioner who can give you uh, supervision? What's the pluses and minuses connected to both?
2: Well, a large firm, depending on the large firm, uh, a lot of the large firms don't want to take a newbie because a lot of them don't have the time or the resources to train. Nor does a sole practitioner. Unless you could get someone who has the time, who wants to mentor you, that would work out. There are a number of firms that do have good training, well, a couple of them that I know, that do have good in-house training programs. You pay for that training, and that's why a lot of the agents, once they become trained, they go on to other companies.
1: Okay. All right. Uh, How about the satisfaction in the job? Where does the satisfaction come from?
2: Well, satisfaction of having someone finding their, like a couple, young couple, their new home, their first home, Um, getting someone to uh, buy a, a buyer, a satisfied buyer for a home mm-hmm. um, people people become friends, customers become friends, and that's why I have luckily I have had repeat business and which i'm fortunate in that regard that you know i'm not only i've sold to the parents and now I'm selling to the kids, and I remember them when they were kids. now mm-hmm. they're they're all married, and I'm selling them their homes.
1: right, yeah, and I, I guess uh, yeah that that is satisfying, but it does go to other technologies. for instance, LinkedIn is a good way mm-hmm. of keeping in contact with these relationships yes. mm-hmm. and uh, staying current with them. Uh, how about the frustrations of the the job?
2: Frustrations, um, well, uh, like if someone uh, undercuts you on the commission, I, I know how much I put. I put basically my heart and soul into if I have a listing, I'm going to do a personal escort for every single showing. I'm going to do open houses. I'm going to do broker's opens. I'm going to advertise. But all of that costs money. Then you can also have another realtor come behind you and say, well, instead of paying that much commission, just give me, you know, and they'll, they'll undercut you dramatically, but they're not doing the same job. I see. But that's what the, the, um, that's what the, the seller has to learn that you have to have that personal touch because if you don't have it, it's not going to sell.
1: So this is in the beginning of the uh, the selling. Mm-hmm. You're selling to the consumer and they've got multiple people mm-hmm. they can go to. They're not mm-hmm. realizing the value that you bring to the process.
2: Um, not all of them do. A lot of them yeah. will just look at the bottom line of okay. how much is this going to cost me and yeah. how much, yeah, how much, once it sells, what am I, what's, what's my bottom line going to be?
1: Okay. How about uh, other things that have, evolved in in the sales environment here. One is you get the the photos and whether there's Mm -hmm. justification for a professional photo shoot or, you know, video previews are now more prevalent. Uh, Mm -hmm. Obviously, as all of us have looked at listings on uh, websites, the difference between a, a person taking a photo of their house in yeah. a professional is dramatic in terms of you know, impact. Uh, how about those couple areas, video and photos? Uh, any kind? Well,
2: I feel that you should always have a, uh, the photos taken professionally. Um, I like to do the videos. I like to do the still shots. And I also like to do twilight. they is uh another depending upon the property it's it's more expensive to do it's called a matterport um depending on the property like if it's a an ocean front property uh that's one of those where it's like you're walking and then you can walk to the window and you can see everything it brings everything forward um that not every property uh warrants that kind of professional photography but even on a like a low-end uh, home or apartment um, condo, I still think you should do it uh, professionally. And you don't have to spend a fortune um, because we all have photographers that for different grades of the, the home. Right. But I think that um, you should always use a professional. and even a rental. If the rental is, um, if that's a higher end rental, I definitely feel you should use Mm -hmm. a professional. And um, there's nothing worse than looking at the photos and there's the toilet seat open and you see the reflection of the person taking the picture in the (laughs) mirror. I mean, they're horror shows.
1: Right. Well, it's like the, The photos, the profile photos in LinkedIn, uh, you see a big difference between the ones that are taken with a reflection on a selfie, you know, lineup or some done professionally. Uh Scary. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, You know, just a a couple other questions. If you look back, you've had a very successful career. Uh, Any overall advice you'd give people both in your chosen field, uh, real estate, or just in general? what kind of takeaways uh, have you had and what would you suggest to others?
2: Well, real estate definitely isn't for everyone. You have to, you have to have the tenacity that you have to have, like I said, some, the financial wherewithal to carry yourself for a while, but it is a very rewarding field. If, if, it works. And I think someone, if they wanted to try it, give it, you've got to give it at least a year. If that doesn't work in a year, then move on to something else. It might be maybe appraisal if something would be better for you or, or you know, any other, a number of fields. But I yeah. also think the other thing that has helped us in this field is Facebook. That's been another social media aspect that has helped the real estate market
1: now how has that helped uh holly Uh, what what how does facebook help
2: uh well if you look at my facebook i have two i have um i have the holly cheney realtor and then holly cheney personal they kind they they sometimes mirror each other because i do put all of my listings i will put my open houses I get a lot of feedback on what I've put on there. I've sold houses. I have gotten listings and clients because of my Facebook post, and it it does definitely work. I have to say.
1: Okay, that's good. That's a good takeaway. Uh, How about the question about uh, luck and you know good luck and bad luck? And I imagine in real estate you can. You can do everything right. You can get Mm -hmm. them right to the altar and they leave you. On the other hand, you can have one showing and the house gets sold at at list price. So what good luck or bad luck uh, can you speak to that you've had in real estate?
2: Okay. I just had, well, I had an example. I sold a couple, their home, 15 years ago, well, almost 16 years ago they came in they drove up from Miami loved the house it was the only house they saw it was my listing loved it bought it that was it and they've been very happy for almost 16 years then they decided they wanted to downsize so about two years ago we started looking around for something else and yeah, nothing was quite right. They wanted, you know, impact windows, generators, you know, it, you name it. They had a laundry list. Well, I thought, but during this whole period of looking at the homes, it was always told to me that I was getting the listing. Hmm. So then I found a home for them, had everything they wanted. We bought. They bought it. We closed. Very happy. Then after that, um, the husband called me and said, I've got some bad news for you. I'm giving the listing to someone else. Hmm. So that that's my good luck and my bad luck.
1: In one story. Right okay. There. Yeah. Well, On the
2: same property.
1: Okay. Lastly, uh, anything you would have done differently as you look back at your career?
2: When I started... In Florida, I started a small firm, uh, which was good. And then I moved on to a larger one. I think probably the only thing differently I would have done was get my broker's license sooner. And perhaps even um, branched out and started my own firm, which I I have a broker's license, but I work under the umbrella of Douglas Elliman, which is
1: a good, very good
2: brokerage. Yeah. So I, I guess that would be maybe the only thing I would have done differently.
1: Right. And I think that's true, Holly, for a lot of people. And sometimes uh, before you go out on your own, you've got to have the right temperament, you know, because we all mm-hmm. tend to be risk adverse. It's got to mm-hmm. be the right time and and so forth. So, But it's certainly something all of us that, uh, have options, should at least explore. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's just mm-hmm. something we don't do at the moment. We do it later in life. Yeah. So that's that's one we good do. takeaway. Mm-hmm. All right, well, well
2: it, it, pe- people don't realize the expenses involved in doing this business.
1: Right. Yeah. What are some of the bigger expenses? Not naming numbers, but what are the things people don't think about?
2: Well, they don't think about advertising, number one. They don't yeah. think of Continuing education, which you have to do every two years, right. um, signs you know signs are very yeah. expensive right um, the doing an open house that's you have to feed everyone you know these are just i mean these are not you know huge expenses well advertising is um, then you also have to I always when I sell a home. I always buy a very nice gift for the people and
1: that
2: runs you into money as well.
1: Sure. Well, this has been a very good exchange, I think people have learned a lot about being a realtor. One last question for me, do you recommend at the open house uh, warm Mm -hmm. fresh cookies or Mm -hmm. some form of fruit? Are you a cookie person?
2: A Cookie person, nice cookies always nice. work,
1: and they've got a smell. And nice. the
2: smell
1: is also a lemon and the garbage disposal. Oh, there you go, excellent! All right, well, next time I sell my house, I'm gonna put a lemon in any piece of rubbish we've got in the house. So, thank okay. you very much, Holly, and uh, you take You're care very of yourself. Welcome. All right, thank bye now. You. Okay,
2: thank you.